Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, a bill that changes the way the state approves where solar and wind generating facilities can be located is on its way to Ohio Governor Mike DeWine for approval after being passed in both the Republican-controlled House and Senate entirely along party lines. Akron-area Democratic legislators, including Senator Vernon Sykes, State Representative Amelia Strong Sykes, Tavia Galonsky, and Casey Weinstein all voted against it. Currently, wind and solar farms are approved by the Ohio Power Siting Board. Now, though, if DeWine signs the bill, there's going to be an added layer of government oversight. During a recent hearing on the issue by the Ohio House Public Utilities Committee, Republican Senators Bill Reinecke of Tiffin and Rob McCauley of Napoleon made a case for local government getting involved. In this clip, we hear first from Senator McCauley, joined next by Senator Reinecke, with a question from Northeast Ohio State Representative Jeffrey Crossman of Parma, who, by the way, voted against the bill that got passed this week. By the time it gets to the OPSB, it's already so late in the game that many of these inherent local concerns have already been solidified in the plan that was submitted to the OPSB. Uh, yes. If I could just Crossman. add real Sorry, quick, uh, Senator. Chairman, uh, Representative Crossman, uh, the other thing that the bill has done, and we've, we've been very intentional on it, is bringing this process at the beginning of it instead of at the end of the process. So we always would find out with the Ohio Siding Board at the end. So it was very clear to us that we're jeopardizing these larger companies by making them spend a lot of money without knowing where the county or the, the, the township wanted to go with it. So we've been intentional of bringing that process up front. And I'm going to repeat my beginning remarks. People don't know what's happening in our communities. So that's where they get all enraged. I've even had Franklin County in my office in the last couple of weeks about solar projects happening there. People don't know what's going on. This allows the local communities to lay out a plan and, and to go forward on it. May I follow? Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you to the senators. Um, so, I mean, again, I think this bill creates a patchwork you know, helps create a patchwork, not a comprehensive energy policy. That's my concern here. And, you know, you pair this up against, you know, Senator McCauley, there was a bill in your committee yesterday, House Bill 201, which takes away local control in some instances. So, again, I mean, how do you, you know, <laughs> reconcile, you know, on one hand, uh, we should be doing local control. On the other hand, we don't want local control. Um, to me, it's, it's, again, creating a patchwork of uncertainty that will disinvest, uh, you know, cause people to disinvest in Ohio, raising our utility costs, so on and so forth. How do you address that? To, to the chair, to the representative, again, I think that's an apples and oranges comparison. In one respect, you're talking about um, an industrial energy utility being, conduct, being constructed that's not necessary for the, uh, for the benefit of the grid, that's not necessary for the resiliency of the grid, that's not adding much power to the grid. And on the other hand, you mentioned 201. Um, 201 is talking about ensuring that the lowest cost, most reliable source of heat energy for people is available to people um, in those communities. Frankly, if you, if you have a county or, or, a, or rather a municipality that comes in and says, we're going to ban natural gas just because we want to be environmentally sound, who's that going to affect the most? It's going to affect the lowest income people who don't have the ability to find other sources of heat. 
So one is making sure that a necessity is taken care of um, that is going to be a necessity probably for some time to come. The other is dealing with um, putting in place reasonable local controls over something that is not a necessity, frankly. Um, it's something that, look, we want to see happen in the state of Ohio, but we want it to be sensible, but it is not a necessity. But Reinecke's view that solar and wind energy is not necessary is not shared by everyone. A diverse group, including the Ohio Township Association, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the Ohio Environmental Council, and the Ohio Farm Bureau came out against it. The Toledo Chamber of Commerce was also opposed. Their vice president for advocacy and strategic initiatives, Brian Dickin, tells us why. So when we start to piecemeal energy policy, between the state and the local, that can start to cause a lot of uncertainty. And when you start introducing more uncertainty into those processes, you really start to put barriers up around investment and development within those industries and the, and the people that depend on it. So it, it is definitely a much broader issue as we look at it, other than just the placement of wind and solar projects. So when it comes to encouraging or at least not impeding alternate sources of energy like wind and solar, what is the business interest in that? What are you hoping that this type of energy production can do for the economy in Toledo and then the economy in Ohio at large then? Yeah, so you know, when we look at just within the Toledo region, we are home to uh, First Solar, which is the largest manufacturer of solar panels in the Western Hemisphere. And they just announced plans for an expansion that would actually make this site here in, in Perrysburg the largest solar manufacturing complex outside of China. You know, that's incredible investment. It means jobs coming to our region. Uh, but we also have to look at the supply chain, and they have over 200 small businesses across Ohio that employ thousands of people who are part of that. And so, you know, we look at it just on that piece of it, but then when we start talking about the broader picture of what sustainable energy means, most companies have sustainability goals, and they want to be able to use renewable sources like wind and solar to power their facilities. And so as we have stable policy that encourages that and supports their motives, they're more gonna be more likely to look at Ohio, which means more investment, more good paying jobs across the board, and we all benefit from that. So it sounds to me that you're not against regulating the energy industry per se, but it's really more about the details of how they wanna do it through this particular bill. And one of the things I noticed in the written testimony that you had turned in on this topic was you talked about that neighbors and people in the area could actually do something to impede the property rights of their neighbors and keep them from having either wind or solar installations on their land. I wonder if you could address that. Yeah, you know, I think there's certainly a, a property rights issue involved, and we've seen that in other testimony that's been submitted to the legislature. I don't think anybody wants to intentionally do something to hurt their neighbors. But at the same time, you know, just as they have a right to maybe grow corn or soybeans, 
harvesting stuns as a new form of agriculture at times. I had heard that there had been some hurdles to this type of energy in the state of Ohio in the past, but I wasn't really aware that they were going to try to put up more. And it sounded interesting, but then I thought, I wonder who might be against it. And there's a pretty broad coalition of people from farmers to labor to your organization. So it looks like the list of people who want to leave it the way it is looks pretty long to me. It, it is. It's a, an extremely broad coalition and sometimes unlikely partners. So you have, as you said, a lot of the economic development and economic groups are opposed to it. You see a number of people within the agricultural community are opposed to it. And you have groups like the Ohio Environmental Council who are opposed to it. So when you have a, a broad, diverse group like that that come together that don't always see eye to eye, you know, I think that's a pretty powerful statement. And you know, I think just one thing I would add when it comes to the ag community, listening to some of the testimony from people who have had uh, farms in their family for decades, they see wind and, and solar development on their property as a way to keep those farms in the family for generations to come because it provides a consistent source of income for them. And, you know, when you also look at at solar, you know, there may be opportunities if it's done right to maybe help with the water quality issue because you're putting pieces of land that are now harvesting the sun and it works as those filters. It sounds like what you mean in terms of water quality, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if you take a piece of land out of production that you normally would put a bunch of phosphorus on and it could have a lot of runoff and then you put solar panels instead, then by default you would be helping water quality. Is that what you meant? Yeah, and I think that's something that we just started to look at, and I think it certainly deserves more look and is how that can be part of the overall solution within the water quality. That was Toledo Chamber of Commerce Vice President for Advocacy and Strategic Initiatives, Brian Dickin. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>